Today, the topic of the message is saved by grace, living according to his word. And this is partly a teaching and partly preaching. Now, there's a lot more to say about this than I could say in one sermon like this. But I'm trying to just uh, clarify some man-made tension between the law or the, the book and grace. And uh, I just want to share it with you. I trust it would be beneficial to you. Our first scripture there, Hosea 4 verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Incomplete knowledge. And the word destroyed there means brought to silence, to be cut down. Now, we don't want to be brought to silence. No, no, no. We're living in a time, and it's getting even more and more serious to be able to talk, to speak, to make a difference, to make an impact in this world. We don't want to be cut to silence. Now, the lack of knowledge or ignorance is no valid excuse in the kingdom of God. For we are commissioned by our law to be accountable with regards to matters of the kingdom, especially since the, queen, the consequences thereof are of an eternal nature. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15 says, Study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, a workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing the word of truth. So there's an obligation on us to be sure what we're talking about. What does it mean? How do we go about dealing with these things? For forever we are bombarded by statements like, it's by grace only, and I live by grace. I can do what I want. I can live any way I want because I'm saved by grace. And don't dare you tell me how to do things because then you judge me. And that's not correct. Then you switch on the TV and the one person you will find is just on grace. And the next one is only on law. And I want to show you today just that there's no tension between these two. We need both of it. What does the word say about this? Psalm 119 verse 160 says, The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous decrees endures forever. The sum of your word. It means from cover to cover. This plus this plus 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 is truth. Now, grace Point number one, let me read a definition about grace. This is actually quite something. If you only hear this today, it will still mean something to you. Grace is the dimension of divine activity that enables God to confront human indifference and rebellion with an inexhaustible capacity to forgive and to bless. How's that? That is grace. Now, grace is founded on the completed, the finalized work of Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary. 
His blood was shed. He paid with his life to deliver us from destruction and the misery of sin. And I want to encourage you today to lay hold of this truth today. You are saved by grace and you are completely saved. Not halfway, but completely saved by grace. The work that Jesus has done at the cross was complete. It fulfilled all the requirements for you and I to be free and to be free indeed, to live as free people. That is good news to each and every one. Don't believe the lies of the enemy that says you are still under his power. No, when we accept the work of Jesus at the cross, we become new creatures. We are born again. We are born into a new kingdom. And now I have a new nature and I'm living free. I'm free from the power of sin. In Luke 4 verse 18, we read that Jesus was in the synagogue and the scroll of Isaiah was given him. That time it wasn't numbered, but now it's numbered. Isaiah 42, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me. Please take note of the four points that he mentioned. To preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed. Now that scripture there is a sermon on its own. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your ears. And here Jesus boldly claims to be the promised Messiah. And his defined ministry here becomes the ongoing essence of the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God. When Paul writes in Romans 1 verse 16 and 17, he talks about the gospel and he says, It's the power of God working unto salvation. The power of God. And here Jesus stood up and he read this to an astonished people and they could not believe their ears here is the messiah this is the time this is the acceptable time it has been fulfilled in your ears now when jesus died at the cross the price was paid for our sins and it was paid completely colossians 1 verse 13 and 14 says the father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of the darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have our redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our sins amen that's good news it means that once you and i we were here in the kingdom of darkness we were bound, we were oppressed, we were poor in the spirit, we were bounded by chains, we were under the power of the enemy. But the truth of the gospel is that the Father, the Father has come and He has drawn you, He has drawn you to Himself. And he has transferred you into a new kingdom, the kingdom of light of his son. And in this kingdom, there are no records anymore. Here I am free. 
and the lie of the enemy does not live over me anymore. I am free and free indeed. That is grace. 1 John 3 verse 8b says the reason the Son of God was made manifest was to undo, to destroy, to dissolve the works the devil has done. It's a complete deal. It's done already to dissolve. A few months ago, I had the wonderful privilege of encountering a few kidney stones. I don't know. It's quite a sobering experience. You know, at the previous time I had it, I actually I took my wife's car to get sold there at that place, market or whatever. So I was driving there and everything was good and fine. Halfway there, lightning struck me here. And I knew trouble. And as I drove in, the people who were actually walking next to the car, because it's a very popular car, and they want to negotiate with, this, with me before we sell the car. And as they opened the door, I rolled out of the car onto the ground. And one guy watched me like this and said, but, but this guy is drunk, man. And I was lying there on the ground. I was drunk, but it was lightning in my back, kidney stones. And I had it a, a, some time ago. I went to the hospital with all the la da with that. And it's not a pleasant experience. Let me tell you, you enter into a different world there. It's not pleasant. I won't go into the details, but it's not pleasant. And they took it out and I went home. And the very first night at home, it hit me again. And I just, I got up at night and I just, I just started praying over this and I got unholy anger in me and I said this is enough I'm not going back maybe I was just very scared I'm not going back to this and I started praying and I started talking to that kidney stone and you know that's a sermon for another day but everything has ears even a kidney stone and I was talking to that kidney stone And while I was pacing up and down in the sitting room in the night hours, lacquer, I was reminded of one scripture, this one. And it said, the reason the Son of Man was made manifest was to dissolve the works of the enemy. That's the scripture that God gave me. And I started speaking to that kidney stone. And I said, hear the word of the Lord. You will dissolve for I am free. The, the word of Jesus at the cross made me free. Now, some people may laugh at it. But let me tell you, when that kidney stone goes out, then you laugh for joy. You say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the Lord healed me. That is the grace of God. But it's not only for that. It's to dissolve the works of the enemy in your life. Everything that you have encountered up till here. Everything that blocks you. Everything that hinders you to live a fulfilled life. This is the truth of the gospel. He has come to undo that. To dissolve the effect of the enemy in your life. So that you may be free and free in Indeed, don't believe the lies of the enemy. We are free. Colossians 2 verse 14 says, Having cancelled 
and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note with its legal decrees and demands which was in force and stood against us. This note he set aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to the cross. In the olden days, when people had debts they could not pay, it was written down on a, on a note, on a placard or whatever you call it, and they put it around their necks and they had to sit at the city gate. And part of the law said they were not allowed to look up. They only had to look to the ground. Can you imagine that? For they could not pay their debt. And this is what this scripture means. It says, the decrees, the note, the bond, the legal decrees, the demands which was in force and stood against us. He set it aside and he cleared it completely out of the way. He wiped it away. He blotted it out. He cleaned it and he took it off and he threw it away. And he says, you may lift your head for Psalm 3 verse 3 says, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me and the lifter of my head. Imagine that sitting there in the gate and you're not allowed to lift your head and here comes a savior and he pays everything and he says you may lift your head this is who he is he's the lifter of my head you know what you can't earn it <laughs> you can't work for it you can't make it even better you can't make it more special you can't you can't make it anything more than it already is because it's by grace it's by grace. You can't earn it. It's just by grace. This is how it works. We read of Abraham. Now Abraham was a peculiar guy. He even had a more peculiar wife. They were quite old. 90, 100, something like that. And they did not have, he did not have an heir. Not heir, an heir. Inheritor. <laughs> Now he was quite worried about this because he was a rich man. And the Lord came to him and he said, you will have an inheritor. He said, Lord, I haven't got an heir because a slave will, will inherit all my belongings. He said, no, no, you will have one. You know what? Abram could not believe it because next to him in the tent was a lady by, with about 90 years old. And he was about 100 years old. So, you know, the words realistic and stuff like that jumps up when you hear stuff like that, you know. Just be realistic now, you know. And Abram could not believe his ears and he would not believe his ears. And God in his wisdom knew that he had to get this man out of his tent. And he called him out of his tent. He took him outside and he said, Abram, look up to the sky. See if you can count those stars, for that is what your descendants would be. The lifter of my head. Abraham's eyes were fixed on the dust of the ground. He was so uh, caught in the circumstances of his tent, in his little world, he could not see the truth of the word of God. But the truth of the word of God says, Get out of your tent. 
Get out of your oppression. Get out of your depression. Get out of your circumstances and let God lead you out. Go and stand outside and lift your head up and see your inheritance. See if you can count it. For Abraham, this is how it will be. unsearchable, uncountable blessings of God over your life. Don't fix your eyes on the dust of the earth. This is what God has for you. And I really feel that God is talking to so many people here today. Maybe you sit and you've got a past, you've got a history, and you've got so many things counting against you, standing against you, and you've lost hope. You know, Lord, Lord, just be realistic. I mean, look to the Sarah and all of the Lord. But the Lord says, don't believe what you see with your eyes. Come with me. Step outside your tent and lift your head up and see if you can count it. Let me say to you today, the fact that you are alive today means that God has a plan with your life. Yeah. Amen. It means... It means that there are stars shining over your head. It means that there are unsearchable, uncountable blessings for you. If you can just believe it. If you can just believe it. If you can just say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe what you've done at the cross for me. I believe even though I've got this past. Even though I've had so many disappointments. Lord, I believe. I step out in faith. And I believe for you are the lifter of my head. For the work at the cross was a completed work. A finished work. Isaiah 43 verse 25 says, I, even I, am he who blots out and cancels your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Wow, isn't that good news? Isn't that grace upon grace upon grace? I was preaching this at a very conservative church, Afrikaans church, like you can uh, very well hear that I'm not English speaking. And, and, and that was supposed to be a very soft giggle, not a loud laugh. <laughs> anyway, it's always a, a lot of fun for everybody. So I was preaching in a, this Afrikaans conservative church, and there was a lady sitting and in the middle of the sermon. She jumped up, and by the looks of it, you could see that, you know, she, she was not a Sunday school teacher, I think not. And she shouted out and she said, Thank God there is hope even for me. You know what? I will never forget that day. I will never forget that day. For at once, God led that lady out of her tent and for once she realized the truth of the gospel of Jesus the power of the gospel of Jesus setting me free liberating me setting me free from the power of sin to be living a free life a life indeed with him this is grace even if your mother traveled by means of a broom. 
sorry. How many people are so quick to remind us of our past? You know, pastor, 10 generations ago, my mother, she came down from the Scottish Highlands. Uh, something like a song of Highlander, something. And you know, pastor, she was a witch. And you know, my granddad, if you can just know, he was the head of so and so and so and so. And now this is being transferred and over and over and over and over. And I'm lost. I'm completely lost. Do you know what? That's not the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel is, if you today realize the work of Jesus at the cross, you will be free. And you will be free indeed. Amen. You just need to accept it. The cross is the dividing line in history. The cross is the dividing line in your life. There's a before cross and the after cross. If you believe and accept it, you will be free indeed. John 8 verse 36 says, So if the Son liberates you, you will be really and unquestionably free. That's the, uh, the, the only place where that word is used is where it talks of Jesus setting people free. Really and unquestionably free. So the question today is not whether you're free or not. The question today is whether you believe it or not. And I choose to believe the truth of the word of God. That is grace. I am free by grace. Nothing else is needed. No other requirements. Romans 8 verse 1 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Wow. What a scripture is that. I am free from the power of sin. I am free indeed. My guilt has been washed away. In the old days, we had little songs we, we sang in church, not so fancy like these ones we sing today. We saw my had a little bookie, you know, and you, you brought it along with your Bible. And we called it in Afrikaans, we called it quirkies, you know. And uh, one of those I'll never forget was, I am free 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 once i was blind but now i can see for i am free 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 what did jesus say i was sent to bring sight recovery of sight to those who are blind once i was blind but now i can see i am free 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 Hebrews 10 verse 14 says, For by a single offering he has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. So what am I saying to you today? Two things. I'm saying we are free indeed. We are free by grace and grace alone. And I am completely and unquestionably free if I accept the work of Jesus at the cross. It's a done deal. So I want to encourage you. There are many other people who have got add-ons to this truth. And now you are free, but you just need to remember you must still do this and this and this and this. And you need to do that and that and that in order to be truly free. That is not the gospel of the word. That's not the truth of the word of the cross. The word of the cross said, if I accept the blood of Jesus, I am free. And I am free indeed. 
completely free. So measure whatever you believe to the truth of the word. For this is our plumb line and nothing else. Nothing else will set you free. Jesus and Jesus alone. He is the Savior. He is the Savior. And He alone is the Savior. And no one else. Amen. He is the Savior. Amen. <laughs> Acts 4 verse 12 says, And there is salvation in and through no one else. And there is no other name under heaven and among men by and in which we must be saved. I'm saved by grace. I'm saved by grace alone. And I am complete completely saved. That is grace. Thank you, Lord, for that. So that brings us to the question, what now about the law? What now about the word? What about the instructions? What about his precepts? What about the commands of the word? What do I do this? I am free now. So can I do what I want? Can I live anywhere I want? No, no, no. I need this. I need this law for I need to know how to live. I have only enrolled now. Now my race has only begun. You put up the next slide. Look at those. I've written there, life is an obstacle race. Who of you will agree that life is an obstacle race? Amen. You know, you get a, a green at a golf course. Oh, it's so smooth. It's, it's so wonderful. The grass must have been imported from Scotland. So green it is. <laughs> and the worms working the mud underneath it must have been imported from Germany because they're so effective. Uh, it's wonderful. You just want to lie down with your cheek on that. Oh, oh, oh wonderful, wonderful. And if that was life, it would have been so easy. But maybe you have realized already that life is not a green on the golf course. This is more likely. This is more what it looks like. Look at that picture at the right-hand side, the ladder going up the cliff there. And it's dark also. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what is waiting for you. You don't know, are you going to make it there? It's slippery. It's, maybe it's wet. Am I going to fall down? The one in the middle have got ropes. Look at that height there. How, what, how am I going to do this? Even the one on the left-hand side, the lady makes it look so easy. Believe me, it's not so easy. But that is life. Now, some time ago... Brother Alec, here of our church, he invited me for a house visit. Now, house visits, yeah, anyway. He said, well, while you come, some put on your running shorts and your tackies. So I must have known that there's trouble brewing there, but I am ready for a challenge. So sometimes bravery can be very stupid also. <laughs> anyway, I arrived there with my running shorts and my tackies, and you know what? That day I wore blue socks. Anyway. <laughs> now, Alec just said, hi, 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 hi. And he said, right, let's go. And there he went. Chuk, 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 down a train like this. And I just had to follow him. And all of a sudden, there was this rock cliff going down with a thick white rope. And I looked at this. And I was still wondering about this. And whoo, there he went down and chuk, 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 like this. And I thought, wow, this guy's got confidence in me and I went I followed him and 
Like that, we carried on and on and on. At one place, we got to a place where two ropes were attached to poles like this, and now you have to get onto this rope and balance yourself. Can you believe it? That's the first time in my life I felt sorry that I never uh, took some ballet classes, you know, <laughs> because I could have twirled or something there, you know. But I just couldn't make it work, you know. I mean, I couldn't even give one step. And I'm, you know, I mean... Uh, and I could, you know what he did? He came alongside me onto the other rope and he took my hand and he said, let me help you. And he helped me. And actually, I could do, take a few steps. Isn't it marvelous? And while I was doing it, the Lord was speaking to me and said, <laughs> you're not on your own. You're doing an obstacle course, but you're not on your own. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm your shepherd. You see, and this is why I need this book. For when life presents an obstacle before me, I read in this book, Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And if he's my shepherd, it means he will be there before I get there. He is in my storm, even before the storm hits me, even before the obstacle presents itself, he is there already. Isn't that marvelous? Therefore, I need the book. I must have the book. I need the instructions to draw my strength from that, to know that I'm not alone. So, Lord, how can I do this? Lord, I don't know how to do it. But the Lord says, I'm your shepherd. I'm with you. I will guide you. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will encourage you. I am even in you. Wow, Lord. If this is the truth, then I can do it. You know, now, what happened there at Alex's house, we did a lot of other stuff as well. And then the next morning, I woke up. And uh, <laughs> I realized that I had to get out of bed. And I looked to my knees. And I started negotiating with them. If you would get out. Maybe the rest of you will follow you. <laughs> but I was not so sure. And eventually I got out of bed. And then I walked to my cupboard and I realized now I need to put on a shirt. And now I have to lift my hands. No, 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 no. Why am I telling you this? It's not easy to run an obstacle race. So don't believe when anybody tells you that life is easy once you are saved by grace. That's not true. But our Lord is with us. Our Lord is running in front of you. Our Lord is with you, holding your right hand. Our Lord is there balancing you, giving you strength every step of the way. He says in his word, I will never, never, never forsake you. Hebrews 13, never forsake you. Out of his word I draw strength and I say, thank you, Lord. This is how I will scale this obstacle because this is how it works. We, life is obstacles. Hebrews 12 verse 1b says, And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. We know that life is an obstacle race, but we have to run it. Now, let me ask you,
If you would enter an obstacle race, uh, a race, a serious one, and they would put you there. Please put the next slide. And they tell you, like, there, can you see that mountain there, like 30 kilometers away? That's the, the destination. But in between, there are a few valleys and gorges and rivers and bridges and cliffs and whatever. And when I look at that, I tell, uh, I tell the people, the organizers, and say, ah, oh, you know what? I'm so, I'm so clued up, you know? I will run this race just like this. And they would tell me, but, but we've got a map for you. You know, with instructions, with directions. We even have a compass for you. So that if you follow the instructions, you would be able to reach your destination without breaking a leg. Now, I ask you, if I say, no, 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 I don't need that, would I be sane? No, they would regard me as insane. Now, if I tell you, your life can still be a long, long, long journey, and there is your destination, and there's a few obstacles between there and here, but here is our map. Here, each and every instruction is there to guide you, to show you, each and every instruction in this book tells you who he really is, how he is, the person living in you, who he really is. It empowers you, it strengthens you, it guides you, it shows you the way. So how can I run my race without the instructions, without the law, without the book? No, I need it. I need it. Psalm 119 verse 133 says, establish my steps and direct them by your word. This is also grace and when I reach an obstacle and it might look impossible to you what do I do I go to his word a few years ago my son passed away and I I got before an obstacle and even now many times I say Lord how is this possible how can I do this you know what I see him standing there already, looking at me, exactly the way that Alec did to me. And he said, come on, boy, I know you can do it. I will even show you how to do it. You know what? I will even help you to do it. You know what? My son also died. I know how to do it. This is why I need this book. This is why I need this map. For this is the only way you can negotiate your obstacles and be victorious. Even though I'm saved by grace, I need his law. Psalm 119, put, please put up that slide. Look at that, an obstacle where you need help, where you need assistance. Psalm 119 verse 32 says, Unless, 92 says, unless your law had been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. Look at that guy, quite messed up. Who, who of you have felt like that ever before? <laughs> yeah, I felt like that many times. You know what? If his law was not my, the love of my life, I would have perished in my affliction. 
I need it. I embrace it. I embrace his law. This is also grace. I'm saved by grace, but this is grace upon grace upon grace, for he is guiding me. He is helping me, showing me how to do it. The law is my delight. He is leading me. Therefore, I need this book, the whole book, the Old Testament, the New Testament, every word.